0: Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind, or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? Y'all, I want you to imagine a working mom of two kids with a three-legged dog recording a podcast in 2018 in her house in her red Hyundai Tucson, in her garage, in her bedroom with the shades drawn, at her friend's kitchen table, because this is what we're working with. So on today's episode, there's going to be some background noise. I'm recording on a Sunday, and of course my next door neighbor decided to use like a leaf blow or some type of crazy lawn equipment. My dog barks, I have to walk down the hall and open the door, and we lose internet connection because of course, I don't know, are we going through a retrograde? Bear with me, I am a super amateur podcaster and I'm loving every second of it, but this is real life, y'all. On this week's episode, I talk with Joe Zarita, who is an empowerment and mindset coach specializing in helping women work through fear-based limiting beliefs. Joe helps her clients catapult from broken to beaming, relight the fire within their soul, and teaches them the tools to create a life of their dreams through mindset work, accountability, compassion, and empowerment. She utilizes tarot and energy work in her sessions and is certified in crystal healing, Reiki, and holistic tarot. Jo has been featured in Love, Light, and Legacy magazine. She also teaches courses in tarot and shadow work. She has helped her clients build confidence, manifest amazing opportunities, start their own business, and transform their beliefs from small and limiting to powerful and positive. While she's based in the Verde Valley in Arizona, her client base is international and ranges from all backgrounds and walks of life. So excited to have Joe on the episode today. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome, Joe. I'm so excited to have you on Leo Rising. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I want to just start with, like, you introducing yourself to the community, sort of anything that comes up, like, um, how you identify, just kind of anything that you want us to know about you so that we can um, just, you know, have, like, a good understanding of who who we're talking to today.
1: Sure. So I'm Joe, and I run House of Swords Tarot um, on Instagram and HouseofSwordsTarot.com. I'm not super big on Facebook, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, And I primarily focus on shadow work and basically working through those limiting beliefs and um, reframing our mindset to realize our limitless potential because I feel like that's super important. I think that the stories that we tell ourselves don't have to be (laughs) always that. I think that um, we're allowed to change our minds and I feel like shadow work is not – talked about as openly um, and then in the instances where it is I think that we're not always given all of the tools and all the information to do it ourselves. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where, <laughs> where we, um, we feel like we have to go to someone who already knows how to do it. I, I feel like we need to be armed with those tools and so that's kind of what I'm aiming to do with everything that I put out into the world is to really say like hey Here's what I do, and you can do this too, and it's not as difficult as as it might seem to be. Um, I don't know that I, I identify necessarily. Like, I practice, you know, I I, I practice a little witchcraft, um, but I don't necessarily identify as as a as Wiccan or pagan. Um, but you know, I just I think that our practices is so open to our intuition, and so that's kind of, I'm I'm an intuitive
0: (laughs) practitioner, I guess you could say. Yeah, Um, that's a great, that's a great descriptor, so not witchy, but kind of, like, in the witchy world, but as an intuitive. Exactly,
1: totally, yeah, and I think that, like, there's just so much out there that, um, that's important, and I think, um, you know, especially, like, we all have our, our particular background and tradition, and I think that's amazing, um, and I just like I'm so open for people to understand that like our, um, our practice can totally be exactly what we want it to be and that it's it's open to our intuition and um, and that you know even in practicing in, in sort of something more traditional that like we can make it our own even through the parameters of, of tradition and our specific beliefs. and you know it doesn't always have to be one way or the other
0: yeah so that makes me wonder like what is your back like what is your background how did you end up in this place where you are doing tarot shadow work like what was kind of that you know maybe long and winding journey to get to this point
1: um you know my um my family is all from mexico and so it's really funny they're mostly catholic (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you know, my mom is not religious at all. And she was just, she actually is probably the biggest, the biggest influencer I have who is always just like, do what feels good. And she always really encouraged us to be open and, um, willing to be accepting. And she was just like, I'm probably the most encouraging person I ever had in my life. Like she was just you know, when I started, um, kind of all of this journey into, to everything that I do now, I started when I was 13, so almost 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> um, and she was always just like, oh, okay, that's cool, like, let's go buy you books, and you can, you know, she was just very supportive of that always, and never really questioned it, or, um, you know, made me feel like it was wrong, so is always just a little, is encouraged to, uh, be looking for different things and open to different things, and so um, I learned a lot from her looking back, and I can really see it now as an adult, all of the things that, uh, that she was teaching me so subtly that I didn't realize when I was a teenager, you know? High yeah.
0: <laughs> right when we're teenagers we have a hard time with any of that kind of yeah. adult wisdom and stuff but it sounds like your mom I mean I'm gonna actually at, at some point I want you to explain shadow work and like really dive deep into that but it, from what it sounds like it your mom embraced like all the different aspects of you or at least like helped encourage you to bring them out and bring them to the table um and it sounds like maybe that's like kind of a place that you know that what you're doing in the world is like letting people come to you and say like here like where is what are all those stories we're telling ourselves and what do we need to kind of dive in and explore
1: yeah and um i mean it's so funny my mom is um always I always kind of looked at things and and I noticed like my mom doesn't stress out and like I'm exactly the opposite I stress about everything (laughs) so of course that's how it goes um and so I was always just like how does she do that and so um she was always very very encouraging for for us to kind of explore like why we felt the way that we did and that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing that we felt the way that we did and so I think that kind of jump-started my journey into, like, really trying to, and I didn't even know shadow work was, like, what it was called up until a couple of years ago, but I feel right. like it's something I've been doing my whole life, um, just not knowing that that was, that was what it was, and um so, yeah, so, so it started kind of as a meandering road, and, like, I was always interested in tarot, and you know, when Silver Ravenwolf was really popular, like, way back when, (laughs) Um, you know, my mom took me to, like, a book signing, and she was just, you know, uh, always really into, like, helping us along and doing what we wanted to do, and I feel like, um, you know, that then jump-started tarot, and so over time, I think it was back in 2015, that's really when I started actively doing what I do now where I was like, okay, this is what I do. This is a thing and I need to figure out like how exactly I can hone the skills to make what I do more effective.
0: Um, So what about 2015? Like, was there like something that happened that like, you know, the catalyst for this, or was it just like you got to a point where you're like, okay, I have all of this stuff kind of built up, and now it's time to do something with it?
1: Um, Back in 2015, I was in a really strange place, and I was just like, I am not happy at all, (laughs) and I don't know what's up, and 2015, I discovered uh, Veronica Varlow, And um, I took pretty much all of her classes. Mm. And I was like, holy crap, this is what I've been looking for. And it was just like, it was just an instant knowing. And um, so I took, you know, all of her tarot classes and all of her sort of witchy and spellcrafty classes. And it was just amazing. And so like, even if some of those things I don't practice myself at this point in time, it was like, I was gathering all of this information to sort right. of sift through and find what it was, but it wasn't until, um, I guess 2000, a year later, 2016, when, um, when I realized shadow work was, uh, <laughs> my sort of specialty, um, and I've always been able to kind of tread that line between what is light and what is dark and not get lost in either one. I feel like it's always been a very comfortable place for me to be um, and kind of go back and forth and not really, you know, not necessarily get lost and wallowing in all of the, the sort of shadow places. And um, yeah, so that was really (laughs) how I kind of figured out. Oh, this is what I do. It was just sort of a big cosmic accident in a
0: way. (laughs) It just kind of all like coalesced at the same time. You're like, okay, and now, and this is this is what I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, and it was. I don't even remember like what I was doing. That I I was reading about shadow work, and I was like, what the hell is this? And Mm -hmm. so. Um, so I started reading more about it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I do. And I didn't realize that that's what it was called. So,
0: so let's talk shadow work then. Is there like a definition? Could you explain it to, you know, the listeners who may not be familiar with the term?
1: Sure. And it's really funny because I always like imagine that everybody knows exactly what it is. (laughs) Um, so basically, um, what shadow work is is going into those old sort of fear-based limiting beliefs that we have the trauma the pain the old stories that we have that hold us back in some way and it's really going through all of that and healing it and then shifting our belief around it so mm-hmm. um that's kind of in a a tiny nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the easiest way I can explain it. Um, what I help people do. And that's like not an easy thing. And especially from starting out like non way how to do that. I mean like how do you change your beliefs when you believe the same thing your whole life, you know? Right. How do you even and-
0: identify what you believe?
1: Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like, it's, it feels so daunting. Like, out where do we start? How do we do
0: this? Right. Right. So are there some like tips that you have for people? Like, or should they just, I mean, of course they should just like schedule sessions with you. But if people are like interested in even thinking about like shadow work, like where, where do you even start? Like how do you work with beliefs if you don't even know what beliefs you necessarily have? Oh no, did I lose you? Uh-oh! Can you hear me? I can hear you! Yeah, it looks like we had a connection problem.
1: It's probably me. We're having crazy storms over here and our Wi-Fi
0: keeps cutting off. Of but, course. You know what? just how it works Mm -hmm. internet is a crazy magical place that isn't always you know it's like it's like we're talking about shadow work it's kind of like maybe what the internet is right right it totally is
1: it could be so good and so terrifying all at the same time
0: okay so what i was asking was how how do you even, or like, what would be like a first step for somebody who's interested in shadow work, but is like, oh, I don't know what to do, where to even start. Should they come to you first? Should they do any like, like exploration? Like, what is that process like? So
1: um, I'm all about empowering people. So, um, so absolutely, if, if, um, if you have questions, totally, totally, you can come and ask me. Um, anything, I'm always available and, and ready to talk about it, but um, honestly, and, like, I really, I should probably write a blog about this, because I haven't yet, um, but the first step, honestly, I think, um, is to, and I know people don't like to do this, but um, journal, mm-hmm. and, like, that's probably my biggest tool, <laughs> I'm constantly writing, um, but really sit down and and ask you know what do I believe about myself and what do I believe about life and um don't I I always say like don't overwhelm yourself with like all of the things all at once I feel like picking one topic is um good enough to start with um because I think if we start writing about all of the things all at once, then we kind of get into this weird spiral.
0: Um, right. So, well, yeah. Well, it can just, feel hard, I think, if you, if, you know, if you start thinking about stuff that you maybe haven't thought about, and then all of a sudden it's like and this, and then this, and then this, and it's like flooding in. It's like, how do you, how do you like, turn the tap on just a little bit
1: to start mm-hmm.
0: exploring?
1: <laughs> so, I would say pick one area. So if okay. it's money, if it's your self-worth, if it's love, um, if it's your relationships, if it's your career, um, or your, you know, relationship to money, um, pick one thing to start with and then start asking, okay, what do I believe about this? And really go back go back to what you can remember experience-wise or um, things that happened to you, you know, situations or things that people have said to you, you know, because our beliefs are formed when we're so young, we have no critical thinking Mm -hmm. skills at that point to really say, okay, yeah, this is, this is right, I believe this, not this, you know, we don't have that, the tools yet to sift through what we feel like is true and what resonates with us versus what we feel like is, you know, crap, so um, really go back and kind of writing out, okay, well, I remember this experience and it made me feel this way. And I remember this person saying this to me and it made me feel this way because our subconscious is where our beliefs are. And like, we, it's never going to make us a liar, right? So like, it's always going to be solidifying, what we already believe. So it's going to be looking for examples to prove us right. Mm -hmm. So if we have a belief that we're not worthy, our outer experiences is always going to be pointing to why that belief is true.
0: Yeah, it makes me think um, I was trained in counseling and there was a a school of thought um, that was all focused on looking at like your earliest memories and like of all the thousands of things that happen when we're kids, why do we remember the certain ones that we remember? And it does, it like reinforces that belief about like ourselves, the world, relationships, like you're saying, money, all of that, that it happens even like so young.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're not
0: even like really aware that we're like forming those beliefs or have those beliefs or are remembering things that reinforce those beliefs
1: yeah like we don't even realize that it's impacting us the way that it does until we sit and think oh yeah <laughs> I totally remember that and I have no idea why but apparently it you know shapes how I believe now you know if your parents are Always fighting about money than that, you're always going to believe like money is a struggle and it's Mm -hmm. you know hard. Um, so you know, I think that's important to go through and and really because when we get to the root of the problem, um, or the belief, it's you know, we can see it a little bit more clearly. And I feel like it's sort of like you know, when you go out into like your garden and you're pulling weeds like if you just pulled the top off right like you're not going to keep the weed from growing (laughs) right because you didn't pull up that root system and so I think that when we go back and we look at those moments um or those instances those things that that we feel that we remember that we're like even if we don't know why we remember them to just get it out um
0: that weeding is, it's such a good metaphor. Yeah. Cause I hadn't really <laughs> thought about that. I mean, and even just like actual weeding, there's times where I'm like, you know, I just want it to look nice. I don't really want to do the work. So I just, yeah. like, dandelion like tops off and I'm like, look, you can't tell. And it's like, oh, they'll be back. They'll be back. <laughs> exactly. And I think that but it's we- such hot and sweaty work, Joe, to have to like actually dig out the roots.
1: I know it is. It totally is. It's it's uh you know we get it's messy and we get dirty and I think we're really avoidant of that and I understand like I I've been in that 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 situation too where I'm like oh no that's cool thanks though (laughs) I don't really want to get my hands dirty today
0: um but I think that's that's why it's great that that you exist in the world or like people who are working to do this type of work is because you know how much more fun is it to like weed the garden with somebody else who's out there being hot and sweaty with you or sharing that spit you know like you you don't have to feel so alone doing it
1: yeah exactly and I think that's really kind of in part why we tend to avoid it is because it's like well man I don't really want to do this by myself and I don't really know where to start and am I doing it right (laughs) you know um And I think sometimes we feel like putting a band-aid on something is, is just a little bit, you know, we want a quick fix and that's cool. You know I mean? in the society we live in, that's just like what we're all looking for because we're all so busy and we don't have time and, or we don't, you know, make time or whatever, you know, and, and it's probably the very last thing on all of our to-do lists, obviously is to kind of look back at all that stuff. Um, But here is what I always say to my clients about shadow work. It's not really about focusing on, well, how hard is this gonna be? And, oh, but I'm gonna feel bad. Think of the transformation and the change you're gonna be able to make when you do the work. I mean, for me, that's like the outcome is exactly worth
0: all of the work that goes into it. So do you have any like personal or sort of maybe um like not you I would never want you to use like specific client experiences without their consent but like do you have any like concrete examples I guess of like some of the transformations that can happen when you do this kind of shadow work absolutely
1: so I have a client who is I'll give you a couple of examples, I suppose, <laughs> a couple of different ways. So I have a client who's super open. She is like willing to do the work. She's like, yeah, I want, I want to see this transformation because I'm really tired of where I'm at. I'm tired of these things happening over and over and over to me. Like, tell me how, show me how, like, and I will do it. And we've been working together for two months. And when we started, She was, um, you know, everything was happening to her Mm. and how could these people be that way or how could they treat her that way? And, um, now when we just had a conversation yesterday, she called me and she just said, you're so right. Like, I can't believe in the past two months, my life has changed so much. I, I see the value in myself Mm. and that I am in control of myself and and not anybody else. And what other people want to do is their choice. And it doesn't have to be a personal attack on me. And it doesn't have to mean anything to me if I don't want it to. And like, I get to choose how my life goes and create my reality through those
0: choices. That is so beautiful. And two months. I mean, I think when you're in like a struggle or working through something, two months can feel like Forever, I'm currently home with my kids on summer break, and sometimes two days can feel like forever. You know, (laughs) but when you look back, like two months is like such a drop in the bucket as far as like your life.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely, and you know, on the other side of that coin, I have you know another client who he's really resistant to the change and it's just coming around a little bit slower and there's like it's a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and you know some people are just not ready you know Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it's really funny because we he and I just had a conversation a couple weeks ago and he was saying oh yeah you know so like I've been able to pinpoint these things and we were kind of talking and he was just like oh I see I'm, I'm able to pinpoint the problem, but I'm not taking action to change.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a gap. There's a gap there.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing really is that like we can, it's super easy to identify a problem. Right. And it's not as easy to troubleshoot that problem. (laughs) You know, if we're not ready to like take action on it, um, then we're not ready. And that's, you know, it's okay to be there. It's super okay to be there. Um, not ready and you know I get that and it's really sort of I think daunting to us all to to be like oh I have to spearhead my own change I don't know how or like what's gonna happen and we you know we have that like fear come up in that doubt and really like what I what I aim to do is help my clients deal with that and give them or show them the tools to get around that fear and that doubt and really stop in those those moments when they feel that and say like okay well wait a minute is this true is this like a hundred percent fact this doubt and this fear that I'm feeling and by the way the answer is always no right
0: (laughs) (laughs) and um look you guys she just saved you like thousands of dollars you got that little like (laughs) gold coin there you're like yep there we go empowerment the answer is no (laughs) It's not always 100% fact. Yep.
1: It's not. Boom. And, mm mm-hmm, yep, there you go. Like,
0: I mean, life should be totally easy now. Joe with the truth bombs today.
1: (laughs) And, but it's true. It's not. I mean, there's nothing, there's no, like, ancient scroll that says this is all you get. And this is what's true for you, you know? And I think that's how we feel sometimes. But there's some, you know... I think there's a curriculum or a foundation of the lessons we're meant to learn but I think that the pathways to get there are you know numerous like I mean there's just there's an infinite amount of ways we can learn something and so to say that you know this way is the the ultimate truth no, <laughs> there's so much. This is like saying like there's only one way to tie your shoes, or there's only you know one restaurant to choose to eat from, or like only one outfit that you wear. Like no, 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 no. There's, there's so much out there. Right. Don't limit yourself. So, um, really just coming to terms with like no, this is not the hundred percent truth. Like the almighty truth is not this but what is, and I get to define that for myself. I get to say, well, no, actually, I believe this instead of that, and here's why, and I think that's the biggest thing is really, like, reframing our our beliefs and saying, okay, well, so, like, here are all the things that happened to me that shaped what I believe right now, but do I really want to believe this, and is this the ultimate truth, and if it isn't, then what do I believe instead? And really going through and like pulling out the silver lining of all the things that have helped shape your experience in a negative way, um, or a way that limits you or what you feel like you can do and your potential or your worth, and saying, okay, well, yeah, this this thing happened to me and it sucked, but this is what I learned from it, and this has helped me grow so much over time, and really just shifting your mindset about like this negative experience and turning it into a positive one
0: do you think that shadow work is ever done do or do we just have to keep like continuing to look at the shadows are there different shadows like aspects or do we ever kind of like reach a point where we're like I'm good I've like healed all of the programming from childhood and all the negative experiences
1: I don't think we're ever done, honestly. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. we're always a work in progress. Um, The work is never done, but it gets easier over time. It gets Mm -hmm. faster over time. So what may have in the beginning taken you three hours to get through, maybe now it only takes you five seconds. Right. And I think that really in doing the work, you grow so much confidence and so much trust in yourself. And like, that is so important because we, you know, when we trust ourselves like that, we know like, Hey, this is the right decision for me. Then we can move through life without that, that doubt and that second guessing ourselves and, Oh, well, is this the right thing? And like the, the truth is like (laughs) there is no right choice. There is no wrong choice. It's just the choice that you make. Mm -hmm. And that's just where you're supposed to be. And like, you can change your mind at any given point in time um you're not bound to that choice forever I love that
0: and even going back to sort of your weeding metaphor it's like you know there's an ounce of prevention like if I start noticing in my garden that like weeds are starting to pop up I could probably if I become a skilled gardener at it (laughs) (laughs) not wait, not wait till the dandelion roots are like so deeply embedded and trenched, It's like, maybe I could just, you know, pull it out now when it's itty bitty.
1: And, and that's really a good point as well. And I think that when you learn how to do the work and sort of what your triggers are, um, noticing it is really the key The sort of key factor. And it, you know, I mean, like we're all human. There are times that something is going to trigger us that we're just like, oh man. And then we're in a bad mood all day. Mm -hmm. But really, as soon as you notice it and you're like, oh, I'm thinking that thought again, thanks, brain, for reminding me. But actually, I choose to think this instead for right now (laughs) and kind of breaking the momentum of that cycle. And that downward spiral is like the most important thing um, in a lot of ways, because we don't continue down the spiral when we break that momentum. Mm -hmm. And then we can Mm -hmm. just kind of reach up for the next sprung on the ladder to go up instead of down. (laughs) And um, it was sort of funny. I was having this conversation with my boyfriend this morning and he was just like, you know, you always reach for the solution so quickly and like, you sometimes just like, I feel like you don't give enough time to the mourning or grieving period. Mm. And I was like, very interesting that you say that. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, you know, if I give myself longer than five minutes to be upset about something, I stay in that space. So for me, five minutes is like, long enough done we're gonna move on to what's going to get me out of that place and so that's sort of how I deal with my clients as well I see okay how long can they stay in that space before it becomes kind of a downward spiral right Right. and then let's move out of it let's start to move up um let's get into a more positive space and I feel I mean there's there's 1 million percent give the time that you need to honor the thing whether it's grief or you know or loss or whatever mm-hmm. um give it the time that it it needs but don't live there
0: right don't
1: wallow in you know right right and the thing is it's always going to it's going to come up at some point again and again and again in a totally different way than it did the last time or the time before that or the time before that and now you have the tools to say huh wait hold on (laughs) I'm not gonna go that way right then I'm gonna do this and like get myself kind of in a better headspace. because we can't choose our first thought but like we can choose our second and I love
0: that again another little truth bomb Right.
1: And you know, and it would just like we can't choose our first feeling, I mean, like our first reaction, our gut reaction is just kind of like what it is. But we don't always have to act from that. Right. Place. We can stop and just say, okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> How do I feel, and why do I feel? And like, do I really need to act from this space? And I think it's really about being present.
0: Well, and isn't even, even like analyzing whether that first feeling is even true anymore. Like I've had times where I've totally made the wrong like I have just judge somebody from the moment, you know, it's like, oh, my gut instinct, my gut says this, blah, blah, and then I get to know them, and now we're, like, BFFs, it's like, yeah. <laughs> if I had just, I would have missed out so much if I had, like, gone with that first thought and that first impression and just, like, run with it, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't know these cool people or done these experiences if I had just believed that, oh, my god she's really,
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's so funny that you say that, that's such a good point, um, because as an Aquarius, my <laughs> You know, I have a lot of people who are like, Wow, you judge real quickly. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, it's an intuitive thing. Uh-huh. uh But, you know, and I think that we do often rely on our intuition and our gut feeling in that way. And I don't think that it often leads us astray, but I think that sometimes our ego mixes in there a little bit and is like, no. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. And I think we need to like be able to separate those two. But also, um, you know, yeah, like, I think that we have our perception of things, right. and right. the way that we perceive people or situations, um, and then we kind of dig in a little deeper, and we're like, oh, that first, that first kind of perception of, of this person or this situation was not at all correct, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, I think that,
0: um, even going back to what you were saying about, like, you can make a different choice,
1: yeah, you know. exactly. You're not married to one thing, you know. Or I mean, if if that's what you believe, then that's what you believe. But like, is that is that completely true that you're yeah. married? You know what I mean? Right. And so I think when we're not to a point of like questioning every single thing that we do, <laughs> um, in sort of that negative space of like, well, is this right? Is this well? Huh? You know, and like I think we sometimes fallen down that rabbit hole of like well, who am I, and, like, we have that existential crisis, but, um, well, then you can get,
0: get, like, you can get, like, paralyzed by that type of fear, like, overanalyzing everything, right? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, and so I, I never, and I'm, like, I am 100% an (laughs) (laughs) overanalyzer. Welcome
0: to the club, (laughs)
1: yeah, it's just kind of, like, um, you know, it's crazy, and it just sort of, like, you know, just, kind of snowballs when once it, it gets going and it's it's so interesting because I think once like I said once we break that momentum how we can be like oh wow that got real crazy real quick and
0: <laughs> I didn't really, really <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but um you know I think it's just like I said being present to it even if like it takes you an hour and you're like upset about it or whatever um or two hours, or the whole day, even you know, just as long as you at some point recognize it and then you're like, Ah, oh, well, I didn't really need to feel that way. And I think that we sometimes, like I said, our perception is maybe not always um, correct, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that our perception creates our reality, and like I said, like are we're always looking for ways to substantiate what we believe and say yeah that's correct and this is why you know and that that thing happened so that proves us right and that thing happened so that proves us right and I think when we realize that when we say holy crap this is like all based on my perception and my mindset And maybe I wasn't a great headspace when I made that, that judgment or when I, you know, perceived this to be that, and it wasn't actually that. And I think we need to take a moment and realize that, you know, some things are not, not exactly what we perceive. And I think that it's super easy to take stuff out of context. And, you know, because we're putting our perception on things that people do or say every day
0: right Right.
1: and maybe we don't have to take it so personally you know or let it be personal it can you know roll right off our shoulders if we really want it to
0: yeah, I've talked with my students about like the example of, you know, when I'm driving down the freeway and somebody cuts me off and I can go down the whole rabbit trail of like, oh, that he did it on purpose. And anyone who drives a red Mustang is an a-hole and blah, 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 where I could be like, what are the other options? Like, what are the other stories that could be true? Like, maybe that guy's a total douchebag. Cool. Like, that could be true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe he didn't see me. Like, there's, there's so many different like options that I could, if I just took a step back, I could be like, okay, what are? some of the different things that I could and and then how could I feel if I sort of changed my perception or my experience or kind of even just ask the question of like is that really true Jenna
1: (laughs) yeah and you know the other thing and I I find this so often people come to me and they're just like oh but I did it wrong and I'm just like you know it don't be judgmental um towards yourself you know. Mm-hmm. don't I mean don't be judgmental necessarily
0: towards other people either
1: but, but like but most of all don't do it with yourself especially during this work because it's infinitely more difficult to do when you're sitting there thinking oh god you're so dumb why do you think mm-hmm. that why do you, you know what I'm saying like yeah when you're letting your ego tear you down um you're not really in, gonna want to do the work anymore um so come at it from a place of of acceptance and compassion um cuz that gets us a whole lot further than than the anger and the um you know just that judgmental kind of negative self talk that that's, that we all kind of have at some point or another um and it's really easy to get there. And even when you notice that you're doing it, you know, don't get mad. Just be like, huh, okay, well, I don't have to think that. Um, right. And I appreciate and I am grateful for the fact that it came up, but <laughs> I'm going to choose to think something else right now. And rather than belittling myself for thinking or feeling this way, I'm going to say, huh, okay, well, my feelings are valid and, you know. And, but I can change my mind about this. And like, I don't always have to feel this way. And so I'm moving into a better place um, for myself and I'm moving into, you know, changing how I think about things and how I feel about things and kind of turn it into an act of gratitude um, and then pull the positive things that you're doing from, from those actions instead of kind of falling into that ego-driven place.
0: I'm curious how tarot fits in with your shadow work. Is it something that you incorporate like into your sessions with people? Is it something you do separate?
1: Um, You know, it's kind of funny. Actually, I've been doing tarot for quite some time and that was my primary thing. Um, And I've always done um, some form of coaching through my tarot sessions um I didn't really realize it as I was you know over the years it wasn't until honestly this year that I realized just how much coaching I was doing and just how much shadow work I was kind of helping people dig into um until this year so I was like oh, okay hold on a minute tarot is just a tool that I'm sort of using to facilitate this mm-hmm. and, um so yeah and in, in our sessions I'll do um I do like tarot sessions on their own. Um but I also in my coaching packages we do a tarot session um every session. So uh you get one every week. And um you know it's uh it's kind of an energetic check in and just in for me confirms what I already am feeling intuitively about a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find that it's sort of an icebreaker for people who are not really willing to be open, especially if we don't know each other that well. Um, it's sort of, you know, I start every session, especially, like I said, with someone I don't really know very well um, with a tarot reading, and then kind of get into it, and that's usually the opener, and then they feel like, okay, we can talk about this, and And there is, you know, it just gets them a little bit more comfortable, especially if they're not comfortable talking about um, how they
0: feel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I found sometimes even just like, yeah, like having the tarot cards, it helps to kind of externalize some of the stuff. Yeah. you know, that I feel or that like people that have come to me and it's like, okay, we can talk about the cards out here. It's a little like less um, vulnerable, I guess. Yeah. It's super vulnerable, but it's also like, we're talking about the queen of wands, not mm-hmm. Jenna's secret heart spot here, like <laughs> Tinder. It's like, no, 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 just the card out here. Secretly, <laughs> this is what's going on in my life, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And I think that, um, that that's exact, we don't want to often show our vulnerability, especially to, you know, things to people and, and about things that we're really sort of tender Mm -hmm. on, you know, and, um, and I think the cards really, really are a great way to, like you said, externalize it and just kind of, um, make it a little bit sort of that, like, sleight of hand, we're making it about this, but it isn't actually about that, (laughs) right, you know, Um, and, uh, like, I think it just really opens people up and and makes them feel a little bit more comfortable um, talking, and then, you know, you'll say something, and that resonates with them, and they're like, oh, yeah, and then they'll just kind of start talking, right, um, you know, so, uh, so I feel like that's, that's really,
0: Mostly and you've I been do. doing tarot since you were thirteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. you like buy yourself a deck at like Barnes and Noble? Like, how did that? How did you get introduced to tarot?
1: Um, my mom had a deck, and okay. I honestly don't even remember where it came from. Probably the bookstore. Yeah. Um, I think it was like the Gilded Tarot. Um and so I started using those and it was really interesting so how I started learning and how I teach it because I also teach um, a course in tarot and I teach a course in shadow work but um, how I really started in tarot was um, looking at at the picture on the card and then like kind of analyzing well how do I feel about it and what does the picture look like and then you know kind of analyzing it and then going out to the guidebook and sort of looking and like, well, was I right? Was my intuition correct? And, um, and I think that's a great also intuition development tool is to really, you know, do it that way and kind of see like, well, what do I feel about this?
0: You know, it's so cool you say that because I have a six year old and he's really interested in tarot and I've been like blown away by (laughs) I give him a deck and I'm just like, tell me buddy about these pictures. Like how do they make you feel, and what do you what do you see in them? And he is so spot on, like more than a guidebook could be, because he's yeah. just like he's going with his intuition, how he's feeling. He doesn't have any of these like this baggage, you know, of tar- tarot good, tarot bad, blah, blah all of that stuff. He's just like, mommy, this one makes me feel scared, and blah blah blah. And I see this, and I'm like, yep. There you go. I was like <laughs> he, he says that he's a level one tarot reader, and I'm like, you're like a level one hundred tarot reader, but right. I don't want to. I don't want to give you that baggage. <laughs> you know, like, keep that beginner's mind.
1: And that's like such a. Uh, that's so amazing. Like I think that's so smart. And honestly, I think when we go into things with that mindset, like a kid would do it, we see things so differently. Versus putting all of our own weird stuff on top of it when we <sighs> can go into something with an open, fully and completely open mind, like no judgment, just this is what I'm gonna do, let's see what happens. Um, it's just kind of like magic can happen right, and it was really interesting because I was listening to your last podcast on creative intuition and and finding it in the spaces in between, and I think that like. It's funny, I've been thinking about kind of how we go through our routine and our day and sort of the mundane stuff um, and how we can make it magical Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. using that energy into whatever it is that we're doing. (laughs) I was so, funny. it was so funny. Someone asked me, Well, like, how did you build your intuition? And I was like, You know, I use my intuition every single day and dumb stuff that you probably wouldn't use your intuition in, like when I cook or mm-hmm. when I drive. Like, if I get the feeling like, Oh, I could go straight and that's going to get me to where I need to be way faster. But if I get the intuitive nudge to turn left, you better believe I'm turning left. I don't yeah. care why. <laughs> and once we start allowing ourselves to really listen to that not questioning why then we're more able like it's another trust building exercise for ourselves you know and another way to just build our intuition and make it that much more um audible than our ego
0: you know yeah like it doesn't have to be intense huge mountaintop experiences in order to be intuition it can be that like listening quietly like <clears throat> like what you're saying like those little nudges and then going with it and following yeah. those nudges where it's like maybe not someone shouting with like a loudspeaker at you like Joe right. turn left now it's just like right. hmm, okay I'm gonna do this little quiet voice
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and I think that sometimes if you feel like it needs to be this like deep profound thing right. and it doesn't always have to be I mean it could be just as small as doing something different, you know, and changing up that routine. And well, if I did it this way, like, oh, it's a little bit more fun or it's a little bit easier. And I didn't realize, but I got that nudge and I followed it. And, you know, now I know. Cool. (laughs) Right. Because I feel like we're being guided all the time. I think we just have to learn to hear it and not only hear it, but follow the guidance that we receive because we can have all the information in front of us but if we don't follow it then what's the point of it you know it's like having instructions and just kind of looking at them and then not following them um and it's i mean it's just kind of about allowing yourself to to realize that there are no wrong choices
0: yeah i love that
1: and I were we're so, so um, like fixated on, well, is it the right choice or is it like, yeah. what, how do I, how do I know what the right choice is? And oh, I have to be careful because this is the only choice and I only get one. And it's just like, it always like reminds me of the seven of cups, you know, like there's yes. seven cups in front of you. Yes. yes anyone you want, and guess what, you can make another choice after that, You like, right, don't sit right. there and agonize about which one should I choose, like, dude, if you pick one, and you don't like it, pick another
0: one, <laughs> right, or a pick one for a period of time, I talk with my students about this, when we, you know, we, their career advice, and all this stuff, and you know, and a student recently, she's like, I want to, I want to do stuff with animals, but I want to travel, can I do both, and I'm like, yeah, sure, like, if that's what you pick to do, like, do this, and do this, do this for a while, and then do that for a while, do, like, there's so, like, yeah, you can pick one of the cups, and then be like, I'm going to drink from this cup for five years, but now I want to switch to another one,
1: yeah, just
0: take a sip of all of them right now,
1: you know, (laughs) exactly, and, you know, I think that, um, we, we just kind of, we forget that we're like, oh, god, I only have one shot, and that's it, and if I mess it up, right, and, one thing that I learned um, from one of my coaches, Amanda Francis, she said, like you can't f it up, like you can't mess it up. It's like it's it's impossible. You can always choose something different. So like when we take that idea that if we choose the wrong thing, it's going to mess everything up out of the equation.
0: Right. Look at all the options you have. Right. Where do you think that belief? Because I would imagine that a lot of people have that idea. I mean, it resonates with me. I'm I'm starting to like mentally think about like, okay, where do I have that belief? <laughs> but, like, where does that is that like just kind of like a universal experience? Like, do we all get it from childhood? Is that just like an American thing? Like, do you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, actually I feel like um we're always sort of subtly guided to believe that and all the things I think um that we're you know sort of we have to pick the right friends we have to pick the right school we have to Mm -hmm. pick the right career um and I feel like we're sort of kind of all all the time slowly told that if we don't make the right choice it's the only one and if we don't make the right one we're not going to be happy or, you know, this is gonna happen or that's gonna happen. And it's just sort of like, well, hold on a minute. But why,
0: right. why
1: is that? Do- it, does it have to be that way? No, it
0: doesn't. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and who and, says that it would have to even be that way? Like,
1: exactly, right. says who? <laughs> and um, that's actually really funny. One of my um clients is saying, um, she was just like, Well, I have to do this and it was um sort of around family and she was just like, Well, I feel like I have to, you know, constantly be, you know, my mom needs this and needs that and she always just kind of makes me feel like I have to be like her, you know, I'm the help all the time. And she's like, I just don't have time and it's so far. I have to drive like three hours to run all these errands for her and then three hours back to my house, and it's just, it gets so tiring, and I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be that way, I mean, like, you can, I get it, it's your family, but at the same time, like, you need to set boundaries, too, and say, like, hey, these are the days I'm available, and can do this, and, like, I have school, and I have work, and, like, uh, things I need to do, so here are the days I'm available, and I can do anything you need me to do on these days, but, like, on these days only, Um, or whatever, you know, Hannah set up a routine and, and it's just like, she was just saying like, you know, from my background, like I was raised to believe this way. And now I'm realizing that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. (laughs) And I'm like, exactly. Um, You know, but I think that, that we have this sort of idea that, you know, things are are the way we're always told, and you know, adults are people we feel like are more authoritative figures or have more, um, you know, wisdom than we do. We sort of give them our power to say, "Okay, here you go, make my make my choices for me and tell right. me what to do."
0: And um, well, even like you're saying, a lot of that goes back to childhood because when you're a kid, you don't have a lot of choice to like not give away your power because you're a kid and you have to be. Yeah. To be shuffled around, and you have to eat what your parents say to eat, and you have to go to school, and you have to do this, and you're bossed around your whole life. Exactly. <laughs> so, my kid keeps telling me, he's like, Mom, stop bossing me around. And I'm like, I need you to eat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And,
1: you know, and I think that absolutely serves its purpose. And I think, too, like, um, at a certain point, you know, because I was always afraid of disappointing my mom Mm -hmm. um to a point where like I was I mean I was always a really good kid so I didn't you know because I didn't want to disappoint my mom um and then you know as I got older you know into my teens like late teens and 20s and you know started working and and all of that it was like she sort of you know we would have conversations about why things were the way they were and like maybe they didn't have to be that way and so is um i mean i didn't have super strict rules as a kid i wasn't like i wasn't a jerk but but um but you know we didn't have my mom was not at all very strict so um so i i don't have that experience and i know some people absolutely do so it's something that's like totally fascinating to me um because i'm <laughs> It was really funny. When uh when I was writing my inner or my introduction kind of sending it over to you, I was just like, Why am I so resistant to defining who I am and what I do? Ooh, yeah. And
0: Yeah, what what <laughs> so- shadow what shadow work do you have around that? You gotta-
1: <laughs> so so of course I had to journal about that. <laughs> I was just right? like, what the hell is going on? And um and I feel like it's just that I've always kinda had that sort of dig my heels and resistance when someone was like well you have to do it this way or it has to be that way like I was always that person to say well why Right. Um, and you know I totally understand that uh, you know especially in the type of work I do that (laughs) there are things that you just do it that way and you can try a million times but this way really is the most effective way um, or that way is the most effective way, and, but I wouldn't know that unless I tried, just like you wouldn't know it unless you tried to do it, and, like, you, you know, came back, and said, okay, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the that way that's the most effective, <laughs> you know? um, so it's really, like, I think when we get to a certain point of just, like, realizing it, so much of things is trial and error, and that we're allowed to choose, like, okay, well, this is how I choose to do it, and this is, Um, what I want to do and how I want to do it and sort of let other people's influence fall away and just say like this is my choice and it's I mean it's it's what I choose to do and whether or not it's quote-unquote right or not like I'll find out you know
0: Yeah. I'm going to get in this swimming pool and I'm going to figure out how I'm like, I'm going to just like learn to do it. Dive in.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's like so often how some kids totally are. They're just kind of like, Nope, no, thank you. I'm going to figure it out for myself.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Well, it's even, I like, I'd like joke with my students because they're like, they're like teenagers. And so, um, you know when we talk about like learning styles and things and i'm like hey do you guys when you get a new cell phone who reads the manual and none of they're like what we just like turn <laughs> it on and we like play with it you know we like figure out the new snapchat features and instagram like all these technologies are like always like updating and stuff and they're like we just like work with it. i was like yeah well, my mother-in-law reads the entire manual you know it's just like different things work for different people <laughs> <laughs> different ages and different like experiences like for her she needs to learn how to like press on and do all of that stuff and it's like you guys are just like intuitive you're figuring it out it's a different process but you get to the same result so
1: yeah we all learn completely differently and we all like kind of have our ways of doing things and I think sometimes um I know I used to really kind of this was my thing when I was in my early 20s it was just kind of like it's so funny my mom is like your motto is I'm here I'm right and you're wrong and I'm <laughs> like "Yeah, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and um and like I can own up to that because I know that's how I can be I know it and you know obviously like I've done what I could to kind of change my mind around that um and about being that way because like you know nobody wants to deal with that all the time you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, so but it's true you know I think sometimes we're just like oh just do it this way this is right. easy, and we have that sort of like we we know um and like our way is the right way and that stubbornness and um and I think that when we sort of I mean, it's, it's sort of a good thing and a bad thing. When we use it on ourselves, it's an amazing thing um, versus when we try and sort of push that off onto other people. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we just, we all learn so differently. And I think that if we all just kind of adopted, and it's difficult, but adopted a little bit more patience and compassion towards other people who are not us mm-hmm. and aren't going to do things the way we do things. And it's not up to us to control that. Like, it's 100 million percent out of our control. All we can control is what we think and feel in our actions. And so if we just kind of, like, let that go and just, like, focus on what we can control, I think life would be so much easier for us all. (laughs) But it's hard to let that control go. It's super hard, Um, you know, because I think we all kind of we want to control as much as we can and sometimes we just have to we just have to let it go and that's okay you know we don't always have to know how I think as long as we know what yeah then that's really all all we're really obligated to know um and especially in our ourselves like if we know the what and the why the how is really not important at all Right. Right. I'm like, that. so, you know, cause then I think when we focus on how, well, how is it going to happen and how is this going to turn out? I'm like, well, what's going to happen if I do that? I think when we focus on that, how, and like that need to know where this is going to come from, how that's going to happen, then, um, we make things so much more complicated. It doesn't matter how, like really your focus should be on, on the what and the why. And like, not how you get there. Cause you're going to get there, right? Like that's, that's what you want. Like you want to get to the outcome or the goal or whatever. So mm-hmm, like, does it really mm-hmm. matter? how? Right. <laughs> Just right. Start taking action and go for it. And if you feel like, Oh, that's not the right way. Change course. Right. You know?
0: Pick something else. Totally. Yeah. So before we end today, there's a couple things. Um, this is a tarot and creative intuition podcast. So I would just love, I know you listened to last week's episode about my sort of idea of creative intuition. Um, I'm curious what creative intuition means to you and like where it's showing up in your life. So
1: I think, um, it shows up for me most of all when I least expect it. Ooh, yeah. Um, when I'm in the shower or when I'm like typing up a report or whatever it is that I'm doing I think it it most often comes when I when I'm relaxed and sort of letting my mind wander a little bit versus Mm -hmm. like actively sort of laser focused on something um and kind of like you were saying in the spaces in between and like doing those things, you know, whether it's, like, watching a movie and someone says something that you're like, oh, holy crap, and you kind of, like, build on that, and yeah. I think, like, um, it's interesting uh, to sort of notice where things come up, you know, when I'm driving or uh-huh. when, uh-huh. you know, when I'm just, like, when I'm vacuuming, <laughs> um, and I think it means most, or I, I, I suppose I would define it for myself as Um, Huh? Now that I've started to say that, I don't know how I would define it for myself. Um, I guess it's almost, I, I feel like it goes hand in hand with inspired action. I think that when we're actively looking for something, for an answer, for the solution, and we're, like I said, we have that sort of tunnel vision laser focus. We miss so much.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: yeah. That like when we're just taking the action and like just moving and open to receiving the creative intuition, open to receiving the inspired action, it can come. And it's like, because we're not forcing it.
0: Yeah. You're not trying so hard.
1: Yeah. It's just like yeah. open and we're like, okay, I am ready to receive and then, you know, kind of. Go off, do your thing and then receive um, rather than force. And and it was funny because I was sitting and I was like, How am I gonna answer that question? I was thinking about it yesterday. <laughs> and um and I just was like, Well, like every time like I hear creative intuition, like I just automatically align it with inspired action. It just feels like it's this sort of organic thing that comes from whatever it is you're doing. I mean, because really anything that we do could be considered creative from our driving, to our cooking, to our, the way we clean right. our house. Right. right. So, um, you know, I think just like that movement, um, like our physical movement is just sort of like, I, I think that it fuels that and we sort of can be open to Receiving those intuitive nudges when we're doing whatever it is that we're doing.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, Joe, this has been amazing, and I want to give you the opportunity to kind of let people know. Um, I know we briefly mentioned it at the beginning, but just to let them know, like how they can book sessions with you, um, how they can like get, get a hold of you, follow you. Like I know you said no Facebook, really, but um, like yeah email website instagram all of that good stuff how can they get in touch
1: sure so um you can email me of course house of swords tarot at gmail.com um i'm on instagram at house of swords tarot and on um, my website is house tarot.com um and like i said i'm like totally open always to chat about stuff and um kind of you know dig into things and answer questions and (laughs) do all that because like I love talking about this and so um
0: I'm always and you you do you do sessions remotely right like mostly through the internet or do you do them also in person if people are in like your area
1: I absolutely do them in person um yeah it's uh I mostly have have remote clients um But, uh, but yeah, I'm right outside of Sedona. So, so this type of thing in Arizona is like big. So, um, so yeah, I I definitely also take in person clients. So if you're in the Sedona Cottonwood Jerome area in Arizona, I am here. and, you know, if you're just kind of passing through, I've had several people that are like, oh, I'm going on vacation, I know, let's meet up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely just shoot me an email and we can um, set everything up because I do in-person sessions by appointment. So, awesome.
0: um, yeah. So. Is there anything that you feel like you wanted to cover or talk about that you didn't get a chance to kind of like mention?
1: Uh, I think that I, in some kind of roundabout way, that everything I, I know I went off awesome. a whole bunch of awesome. tangents, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I love the tangents, right? I mean, I feel like that is, it's just like a beautiful metaphor for how life actually is. It's just like, a rambling, wandering conversation that loops and swirls. And, you know, this is just the beginning, right? Like we can continue this conversation again in the future and people can have their own conversations with you when they sign up for services and follow you on Instagram. Definitely love it. Well, Joe, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with me. And I, uh, I look forward to like, you know, following up and, You know, doing this again maybe in the future. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jen. I was super fun chatting with you. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your day.
1: Thanks, hon. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a Tarot and Creative Intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived, so feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking and reading from people has changed in the last couple of years, so... Know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.